Never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain can see Never seen a canceled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change Hey everybody! Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big C and Bigger T podcast. I'm your boy, Bigger T, joined as usual by my man, Big C, Clint Clark. How you doing, buddy? Man, I am fantastic. I'm fantastic. I have just been admiring what my wife has laying around here. Yeah. I I recorded her computer. This is not my feminist propaganda behind me. Yeah. This is, of course, my wife feminist propaganda no. who is our it department so i just want to show you people a few things in my view this is a part of a pool noodle yeah i don't know what then we got scissors yeah yeah those can be useful what board eraser that looks like somebody spray painted on it well that's for that um calendar to your yeah right there but right there. where did this come from yeah. Oh, a flamingo. Flamingo. Yeah. Who has yeah. a little plastic flamingo on their desk? Yeah. Apparently, go. you do. Are y'all going to get flamingos for the farm? Oh my goodness! The the I think you should. Uh, I should. The uh, the peacock is out of its coop, and it will not. You know, it's just like like I go where I want. You it hangs out. Wanna, yeah. Free, free range. Here. Free range peacock. Free range peacock. We nice. did um man, I, I I'm I've got a money making scheme, Travis. And I'm uh I don't know if I told you about this. I don't think I've shared it on the podcast, but I had this You told me I about had, it. You didn't share it on the podcast. Yeah, anyway. but I had this idea. Yeah. Because people at Thanksgiving will pay about a hundred dollars for a free range organic turkey farm faster raised. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, if I get me about 15 turkeys. And I sell them for a hundred dollars a turkey. That's a thousand dollars. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I went to Greenbrier High School, ladies That's and gentlemen. Right. Anyway, so I was like, "Oh man, I'm just." We had so much going on on the farm with the. We've got meat chickens and pigs and yeah. laying chickens and cows. I'm like, you know what? It just, just we need to we need to chill for a second, take a step back, breathe, if you will. Yeah. Um, so we like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna chill for a minute on everything. Yeah. Uh, then my mom tagged me in a Facebook post that says, um that said guy selling turkeys. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he bought them for his wife for Mother's Day, 
thinking that she was going to enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the way his Facebook post. Oh, nice. Made it sound. And I I don't know the guy personally. <laughs> um, hey, honey, I got you some turkeys. I mean, really, is there a more ridiculous present than being like, hey? And it may, I don't know, and they may be farmers, and he thought she'd have loved it, but yeah. so I don't want to make fun of him too much, but I don't think I've ever, you know, and I'm on my I'm on marriage number two, which is two more than you, yeah. Um, but so I've done it, I've done it once for both of us. Yes, um, but anyway, but I don't think I've ever like been like, you know what, I what my wife would really want is some baby turkeys. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking poultry of any kind right yeah unless she's like a unless it's like a tropical bird you know right and she's like real big into tropical bird you know like a pet bird but like yard poultry yeah yeah so maybe a show chicken show chicken maybe a show chicken he was if you're fighting chicken i don't know not a fighting chicken so you know if you're some parts of the world, chicken fighting's legal. Yeah, they might if their wife's really into it. They might get them a right, man him rooster. Hey. Just to... yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I, what I was thought, the one on Seinfeld? His name? I haven't seen that one. Little Jerry, little little Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> that Kramer had. <laughs> he wanted to take a dive. <laughs> You know what? Anyway, he's we sorry. just proved we are Generation X podcast by That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll be talking about for a friends episode next right. week. So anyway, turkeys. So you bought some turkeys? Yeah. I bought ten turkeys. Yeah. Ten ten turkeys. And uh what I've done is I usually do Thanksgiving with my cousins now. Uh well, my cousin Brandy, Paul. Um, so what I did, I started a group chat. Now I just picked one of the turkeys out at random. Uh, and I'm we've named it Ichabod, and I'm like, this is going to be your Thanksgiving turkey. No, good. I'm really not keeping up with it, but I'm making them think, okay, this is our yeah. turkey. Yeah. And so just so they can get to know its journey and oh, to see good. which one I'm going to eat. Because if you'll eat it after naming it and uh, knowing which one it is, yeah. you're a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. and maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me because it just, I guess growing up on a farm, it just doesn't bother me. Yeah. But I'm hoping it'll bother them. Yeah. Um, now, you know, last week, you know, we also talked about, um, I'm trying something else that's new. Um, last week we talked about, you know, we didn't really talk about boudin and stuff. No, no, no. no and we were going to, so, cause when I got off the boat, I'm like, you know what I want to do? I want to buy some alligator. Yeah. I want some alligator meat. Mm. So I was like, well, you know, cause you know, if you're driving through like coastal Mississippi and Louisiana, you usually, you'll see some shack type thing. Mm-hmm. And usually it'll have a white sign that's made out of plywood. And it's spray painted. Spray painted alligator meat with a with a ghetto looking arrow going. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you everybody knows exactly what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. You can picture the sign, the paint's half on. Half and it on. draws you in like a it just draws you in. You know you're getting organic um gator. That's right. And maybe possibly murder. That's right. Yeah. You're either come out with the best meat of your life, or you're not going to come out at all. That's right, but it's worth it. It's it, worth it. So, so we did. We found a place. Um, we found a place called Chris's. Anna found online Chris's Gourmet, or I'm brain farting. Or Chris's Specialty Foods is what it was called. 
So I go in there. Oh, specialty. Yeah, I'm. I just buy stuff now. While I'm there, you know, I, I get, I buy like two pounds of alligator and some other just sausages and mm. shrimps and stuff to try out. But while I'm while I'm leaving there, I'm, I'm looking and they I buy boudin egg roll. Mm. It was just like boudin, but instead of in a ball, is wrapped in an egg roll. Yeah, yeah. And then I buy a boudin ball. Yeah. And, and locals are coming in to buy like. They're also like selling chicken crackling. Yeah. Oh, fresh man. made there and pork crackling. Yeah. Now keep in mind, I have to drive from New Orleans, Louisiana. Back home. Yeah. To Greenbrier, Arkansas. And so I'm already taking a chance just eating the boudin. So yeah. I didn't buy any of the other stuff. But my goodness, um, I've had like boudin balls at restaurants and stuff before. Mm. Here at Arkansas, I've never had it from deep in the heart of Louisiana. My goodness, there is a huge, 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 huge difference. Yeah. Now, now you had a little bit of a Cajun, um, a Cajun eating experience while you were down there in Louisiana. What was it? You, you were helping out after Katrina. Yeah, yeah, man. Which I've been, I've been to New Orleans, um, probably five or six times, <clears throat> and you know, spent like weekends or several days there for different things. But after Katrina we went down there to help out and y'all have heard me on here before talk about disaster relief. You know, they go in and cook meals for the red cross. So we were doing that. And while we were doing that, it was, it was a few weeks after Katrina and it was when hurricane Rita was coming in. So we, you know, we were kind of in limbo or whatever while we were there. But anyway, while we were there, that we were right next, we were in Kenner, which is where like where the airport is in New Orleans. And we were right next to the police department. And the some policemen came over while we were cooking that morning and said, Hey, this afternoon we're gonna have be having a cookout. Y'all come over and get some food when you get through delivering meals. So we would cook them food and then we would go out and deliver the meals in the community and stuff. We got back and I was the last one that got back. My, we had went out a little farther. And so. Now, now was it because you got out far? No, let, let's just stop you right there. Cause I found a hole in your story and I'm gonna call you out on it. Reverend <laughs> was it really? Cause you had to drive farther. Do you get talking to somebody and just lose track of time? Okay. It was probably a little bit of both. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably, probably a little bit of both. Probably the Yeah. But anyway, so we get back and, um, one of the guys that was with me, it was me and my pastor and one of our deacons and our deacon, he comes walking by me and he said, he said, boy, you got to get you some of that. I said, where is it? He said, on that grill over there. And of course there was still no power at this place. Okay. So we're running off generators and they had cooked it on like a big, like just a barbecue pit. Okay. So, yeah. but they, but they had this huge pot, one of the biggest pots I've ever seen. And I look down in that pot and it, it's this jambalaya and it's about a third of the way still full. And it looked amazing. And I got this big old scoop and I scooped me up some of that as much as I could fit on my plate. And dude, that was the best thing. That's one of those, that's one of those meals, Clint. Yeah. That like, 
like on the total opposite side of what PTSD has to be like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like on the good side of what, you know, like PTSD, you know, guys like just all of a sudden go into anxiety. Like when I think of that meal, I go to straight to joy, right, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like the positive, like, I'm like, Oh man, I wish I could have that again. Cause those boys, I don't know who cooked that, but I would have gave them a big old, Kiss on the cheek or something, man. That was so good. That's what that's one of the meals where you're like, okay, like you come to my house, you can eat you'll eat you'll eat jambalaya. Jambalaya. I yeah. mean you never have because I we've only made it like once ever. Yeah. But but you're gonna be comparing that jambalaya to, to everyone. And I've made jambalaya myself and yeah. I just can't. I and I've had other people from Louisiana that are great cooks that made some great jambalaya, but I just can't. I mean, it, that stuff that day was unbelievable. Yeah. The sausage so, was, I don't know where they got that sausage, man, but it was so good. It was, and, and everything was just so good. Now, anyway, while I was, now, while I was there, they had, you know, they had pork belly, which isn't, I guess, that uncommon thing, but I just never remember going to the market and seeing pork belly. Yeah. You know, I and so I was like, I, I looked at it like, man, I, you know what, I may buy it. It's only, it only like 20 something bucks. I said, I should buy it. I'll do something with it. Yeah. Like, I'll do something with it. And then um, I ended up not buying it. And then I got on Facebook when I got back. And a friend of mine named George Almarez, um, me and him always talking, cooking, barbecue, and stuff like that. Um, I saw where he had wrapped a pork belly and cured it. Smoked it, made it, basically made his own bacon out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was looking at it, and I, I was like, "Man, Dad, gum it." I've seen people myself. take it, and uh, on some of these cooking shows, they'll take it and uh, they'll cut it into cubes and make like little, and render a lot of that fat out of it, and and make yeah. like little just morsels of goodness out of it. Yeah. You know, so, baste it in sauce and stuff. Yeah. So anyway, we've got, we've got a QR. So I, anyway, fast forward. I, I he told me he bought it at Sam's Club. Mm-hmm. Where he bought it, I'm like, oh my goodness. So I get on the Sam's Club app and I see they got some in Conway. So I go, I haven't made it yet, but in my fridge right now, I'm curing my own bacon. Nice. nice. And, but that kind of you know kind of got the wheels turning. Like, all right, um, I want to try it. Yeah. Cause you know me, I see something on a barbecue show, and if it's complicated, I'm like, I ain't doing that. Yeah, yeah. But but if I see something easy and fun, you know, Anna's pretty good about letting, like my redneck meatloaf I make, which you know people dig. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna be fun. I'll be able to do that soon out of meat that I raised. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I actually just thought about that, but that that's that's pretty cool. Now on the animals you're gonna raise for meat. Okay. Is there anywhere you draw the line on what, what you want? Goats. I don't think I could do goats. Okay. Yeah. No goat meat yeah, goat. Yeah. I, goats. That, that'd be about the line. You know, I watched that show. Um, it's it's one of those shows. I forget what the name of it, but it's one of those shows where that guy goes in and these people that live off the grid and he like uh, helps remodel their their homestead uh homestead makeover or something like that one yeah. of those type shows 
it's that old guy, old gray-headed guy goes in, him and his daughter and son. And there was one the other day. Is he nice about it or is he going like John Taffa? No, he's pretty nice about it. I mean, he he's real serious though. He's like real, you know. Real matter of he fact. Makes it, he makes it kind of dramatic, but he don't get mean with them too bad or nothing like that. But but anyway, he uh uh and the daughter, you know, the the son helps them with like like hunting or if they live somewhere where there's bears or things like that that are getting that are threatening they you know helps them like set up ways to keep them away from them and all that and the daughter helps with like gardening and then she helps with like livestock they raise for meats and stuff like that and one of the ones that a few of them will raise for meat is rabbit oh yeah and see i would have a hard time with rabbit well, because I mean, rabbits, you just hold like a little, you know, you just, you know, I mean, it's like a cat, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, just, and see, and our goats are Nigerian dwarfs. Well, I would say that we did have a goat pass away, and we're actually going to, we're going to give the other one to a nice home. Uh, yeah. My mom's neighbor actually raises goats and yeah. stuff. And so we're like, look, we, we don't need to be by himself. So we're going to, and then she's just like, well, how much do you want from like, no, it's good to us. We just want to know he's going to do a good home. Yeah. So now she's going to give me more, more turkeys and apparently some geese. No, oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah. But no, yeah. anything I consider a pet. That's why, I, like, the pigs, I don't know them. I don't know the meat chickens. And yeah. the cows to a degree. But now that they're in their pasturing, that that disconnect starting to get there where I've seen them more, more of that. When they were my bottle babies and I was having to go out and feed them twice a day. Yeah. It's, it's a little different. Yeah. But, but you know, and I, I told my wife and I told my son this because they both, I said, look, I said, these cows, these, these animals were born for this reason. Yeah. That's why. And this is how I, I this is how I process it in my head. Um, if you want to know how this messed up brain works, <laughs> uh, these animals were born for this reason. Now, yeah. They can either come and spend their life with me and have a good life and get well taken care of, fed right, have plenty of space, not get mistreated, not be crammed into a little thing and yeah. have feed forced down their throat. Yeah. I said, I know they're getting a good life. And then when it comes time, they'll be handled humanely. Yeah. Um, but I'm, and I'm not going to process anything myself. I'm not, I don't yeah. do blood. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when it comes time to have them butchered, they're going to go in the back of a stock trailer and they're going to go that. And that includes the chickens. That includes everything. Oh, you're not going to ring your own chickens next? I'm not going to ring my own chickens next. Well, I don't. It's one of the memories that in my head that I, I remember them doing that. Yeah. On the farm, you know, killing, processing chickens. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing that. And th I have another memory. And it's in your hometown. I remember my papa took me in the slaughterhouse. Hey, Clinton. Clinton. Oh yeah. He walks in the back door. I spent some time in that place. Which yeah. I'm sure is not USDA no. uh, legal for me to just walk in the back door. Yeah. But I think if I remember correctly, the cow's head was on my head is like this. It looks like a Dexter episode with yeah. blood just everywhere on the Viz Queen. And, and yeah. then you're like, uh, and then the cow's head's on a spike and his head's up. I mean, like it really it, I, the, the fact that I'm not, I'm not messed up from that experience. Yeah, I just remember it just being 
Do you have any good uh, experiences at the Clinton Slaughterhouse like that? Well, my main one I remember as a kid is we a guy we hunted with. Uh, he was a dentist, and he killed a deer, and he was, uh, you know, it was deer season, so it was, of course, and so the meat market was backed up, and yeah, they yeah. and he was going to pay them to skin it for him, and they were like, "Look, we." we're so backed up. We can't skin it. If you'll skin it, we'll, we'll take it and process it for you, but we just don't have time to skin them. And so we were already down there. So he's like, well, can I skin it here? <laughs> and so like, we were, like you said, like going through the back door using the knives of the meat markets, knives and everything. <laughs> and like, and like hung it up on a rack in the back where they unload the, uh, like unload the animals and stuff and and like skin it skin a deer right off the in the back of the meat market and so probably wasn't you know anyway we weren't official and I, yeah and i think growing up on a farm and seeing some of this stuff it helped me being like no yeah i'm not gonna do that yeah like when we got the pigs i'm like okay i messaged the lady said look we all fix the pig before i get them or do i need to make an arrangement at the vet they're like we we can cut them for you I'm like, good, because I don't know who's doing it, but I know who's not doing it. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not, I ain't dealing with that at all. Well, Clint, let's talk some, uh, let's talk some Razorback baseball. All right. The Hogs had South Carolina come in this weekend. And uh, now, of course, they get, they get the series win. Now Arkansas is ranked number two in pretty much all the polls. Yeah, every single poll there is. Wake Forest one, Arkansas two. That's right. Um, do you think do you think this rotation of pitchers is what we're gonna end up with the rest of the season? Or are you think it's gonna look similar to this? Uh to what we're seeing? Because uh he only used five pitchers all weekend. Yeah. In a perfect world, yes. I mean, we, I mean, but let's talk about those five guys. Yeah. You, you start off with Hagen Smith, mm-hmm. um, who just, I guess you would call him the ace of the staff, whether he's come out of the bullpen or whether, you know, he's, he's starting. I think he settled into that Friday starter role. Mm-hmm. I think Dave Van Horn, he's tinkered this entire time to get it figured out. Yeah. And I think with Hagen, you got your ace, and you know you're going to get six innings of worst and usually a bad outing. Megan Smith, no, he might just get blown up game one against Fandy, mm-hmm. but usually what 99 of the time you're going to get from him on a bad night is six innings, two runs, four hits scattered. Mm-hmm. I mean that's your typical your typical outing from him. Yeah. And then from there, you know, if if we're way up, you know, and we rock their Friday starter, then it'll change. But if it's a tight game, you know, you typically – you've really seen him hand it over to Gage Wood. Yeah. Who's kind of taken, I guess, last year's Brady Tigers role. Now, as we get into tournament play, though, you may see – I think you may see – you may end up seeing an Adcock – um uh, Zach Morris, a Ledbetter, yeah. come in there so Wood doesn't have to go as many innings in a in tournament because you may want to use him in the next tournament game. You yeah, and, you know, 
And Parker Rowland kind of hinted on it here on the podcast with us where he was uh, talking about, you know, was it Fausch? Am I thinking of? Yeah. Uh, that, you know, he thought he pitched twice and it, he got tired. Yeah. Over over a weekend series. And we had him in tournament play, you know, you know, what's the proper amount of rest for them guys. Mm-hmm. But um, especially with elite, I think if the game's tight, he ain't going to mess with it. No. If if we're up three to two and it's the and it's the seventh inning, sixth inning, he's gonna go to Gagewood. Yeah. He just you 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 earn the trust the five guys we're talking about here in the staff, mm-hmm. Gagewood and Hagen Smith, and we get to their guys. The one thing they have is they have they Dave Van Horn has confidence in them to come get the job done. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's it. And uh also, tip of the cap to our boy Parker Rowland. He's now officially our boy. Um, yeah. Because he is – he – he. you tell a difference in the pitching staff. Well – When he's behind the plate. In my opinion, I, I really do. I and that's something I wanted to bring up. Um, and I'll just bring it up here since you brought it up. Yeah. You know, he – he's been getting a lot of flack from a lot of fans because he's batting to under 200. Okay. Um, but we got to remember baseball is about more than just what he does at the plate, you know, and, and what he does behind the plate on defense as a catcher is huge for this team. And we know, because we've talked to him and we, you know, we talked to Michael Turner last year, those coaches put a lot of trust in those catchers to call pitches. And, you heard Hobbs interviewed, you know, Coach Hobbs interviewed after the series this weekend. And he was talking about some of Holland's pitches he was throwing. And he's like, I don't know why he decided to throw those pitches. But they were working. And that's Parker Rowland. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and plus Parker, you know, he got a, he got a double up the middle. You know, buzz the tower you, there. You, you, huge clutch hit, hit. huge that, clutch hit in that uh, third game. But, but you know, uh, we got to give him credit. You know, when the, you know, until we talk, I, you know, once again, we 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 revert back to our interview with Michael Turner quite a bit. But I think that was eye opening for both of us to understand that the catchers make that many play, you know, pitch cap calls that you know over 90% of the call pitch calls they're just making on the fly uh, themselves. And so that uh, when you see these pitchers doing what our pitchers did this last weekend, man, that's, you know, you're going to have to, you got to give that catcher, you know, so good ups on Parker, Uh, you know, yeah, he struggled. He's not doing that great on, you know, offense as much as he would like to do, but man, it's, you know, the thing is as a team, other guys are picking him up there, you know, other guys are are picking up, you know, and and doing good offensively. And so that's why the team keeps winning. Yeah. Well, you remember Casey Opitz didn't exactly light the world on fire. No. Behind the, I mean, at the plate. He he really didn't. Um, well, you remember last year Robert Moore struggled like crazy. Yeah, but did you I mean, did you have anybody else you wanted to put at second base to turn a double play? No, 
you know, I mean that. I mean that's. Uh, I, I always think back when talking about it when they talk about catchers, is uh, was Tony Larusa talking about Yadier Molina? Yeah. When he's like, I don't care if the kid bats zero. Yeah. He's my starting catcher, which um, they said. Uh, speaking of Yadier Molina. Um, one of my favorite stories to read was, you know, Matheny cut himself on a hunting knife and he was the Cardinals everyday catcher. Mm. Uh, whenever we got, they got swept by the, um, by the Red Sox. So Yadier Molina, um, went in, went in, you know, the rest is history. Mm. He was a rookie and they said Yadier got in the dugout. He said, I'm pretty sure Manny Ramirez is stealing signs. And they said, and and they said he said something to think about him. And he's like, you know what to do. So when he gets up, when he gets back up, Yadier gets in his face and tells him he knows he's still in pitches. He better quit it. He's gonna, you know. Mm-hmm. And like they're face to face and yard arguing and things like, well, that's not the way I would have handled it, but that'll work. Yeah. And then Francona comes out and goes, he goes, Yadi, Manny don't even know or signals. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he don't, he don't even know or yeah <laughs> so you're barking funny. up the wrong tree man he's just man yeah um, but anyway that was just a funny story there it just made me think of that but then you go to night two and he's completely changed it around and i think it's smart what he's done and i don't and know I, i'm wondering what if that's gonna stay similar if he's gonna keep I think I think he's going to keep pushing Tiger to go farther. Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to keep Tiger in as a. Uh, I think he is. I, as I think, a starter, I think the system's working. You're talking about they had one bad inning this week. Yeah, one. I mean, I think McIntyre gave up three. Yeah, three hits, and I think you know, Barr and Brady getting in trouble. You're going to keep seeing them like they're doing it. Brady's going to get 30, 40 pitches. Mm-hmm. Probably pitch three to four innings, depending on you know how. I think those numbers of pitches are go up. I yeah. think I think they're gradually. I think they're gradually going to go up. He's going to he'll be back up to where he's going. But I think up he to hundred pitches. Yeah, and then they go they go from him to McIntyre. Yeah. You know, and 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 that seems to be be something that's working. Yeah. Um, and I I think it's for the better, but I I really think when you get into to the regionals. You know, Arkansas is going to host the regional and be a super regional host. It just – it is what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, well, we could get swept. I mean, you would almost have to get swept by Vanderbilt and go two in a queue in the tournament. And mm. then I don't know if that would be enough to drop us below eight. Yeah. No, because Vanderbilt's ranked, so, yeah. Vanderbilt's ranked. I mean, I, I didn't think – South Carolina dropped more than they should have, in my opinion, yeah. for losing a series. You, you, you look – it's hard to come to Fayetteville and win a series. Yeah. It just is. I would say it's the same thing with going to LSU. Yeah. Um, South Carolina, any of those places. You know, you got – we got four top five baseball teams in the SEC – in the SEC, in my opinion. Yeah. Arkansas, South Carolina, Vandy, and um, LSU. Mm-hmm. So, and th- so, I think that's that's working. I, re- I really think that's working. We're really, but in the regionals, I really do think, you know, because you'll have that first game versus like a New Jersey Institute of Technology or somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, 
basically a 16 seed. So I really think what they'll do is they'll probably pitch Tiger at McIntyre game one, save Hagen Smith for game two, and then hopefully you have Hunter Holland to win it. That that that's you know probably what he'll do. He'll probably pitch his number two guy. Well, let's let's talk. It. We hadn't talked about him yet. Let's talk about Hunter Holland. Yeah, that third game, man. Nineteen batters in a row. He got out. Nineteen batters in a row. You've that, got a, Friday, a complete you got game. A, he's a Friday starter. I mean, he is a Friday starter, and he's pitching Sunday. Yeah. Man, that was. He that that was an impressive impressive uh game against a good a good South Carolina team. Yeah. You know, that was a that was an impressive uh pitching, you know, and you got him hot as he is. You got Tiger hot, you got Smith hot right now, you got Wood hot right now, and then you still got guys like Adcock, like Zach Morris, uh Fausch. Busby, Ledbetter. Ledbetter. I mean, you got all those guys still, still hanging out there that you can use. You know, um, I, I like this pitching rotation. I think, I think he's he's starting to round it out. He's starting to figure it out. You know, it it hasn't been real set all year, and I think he's starting to get to where he can set it. You know, yeah, yeah. Worst case scenario, you know, you have. I, I think he's got. Sunday's the day that's going to kind of be, you know, let's say he would have got to 100 pitches in the sixth, seventh inning and still, you know, pitch the game. Then you talk about you have Adcock Morris. You've got to got the middle to back into your bullpen mm-hmm. to go. I'm a big believer in body language, as you know, Travis, because a couple couple years ago I was talking about observing Malik Hornsby's body language after mm-hmm. a big win where he just didn't look happy and they just won a big game. Mm-hmm. Like so, I always so I see everybody you know coming out of the dugout and the bullpen to, to shake hands and do that, and I'm reading facial expressions and that, and you can see and and then I, I my boy Adcock Cody Adcock I thought about him immediately because I saw him and like he had it pitched that weekend, mm-hmm. but we only used five pitchers. You know, I mean it wasn't yeah. like like Dave. There's Horner. a lot of people didn't pitch that weekend. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that David Horn was like, you're unfit to pitch. Go away. Yeah. Be cast away, scrub. It wasn't that situation. It was um, it was just you weren't needed. In the look yeah. of just joy, happiness on his face. Like he yeah. they were high five and none of the players looked bummed that they didn't get in. Like it was it looked like the team is pretty close and they're cohesive. Yeah, I think that's an obvious thing, man, because I don't think you put together a team with as many new guys like this and with as many young guys and when like they're doing without them being sold into the team concept, you know, and Van Horn talks about it. He said, you know, that's one thing he's been impressed with. He said, he said, you know, he talks about earlier in the season where he gave them a day off and um, he comes up to the, to the field and they had uh, put together a ping pong tournament. And they were all the players were up there playing in a ping pong tournament just for fun, you know. And he said that that let him know that this team was was bonding, you know. And 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 that's what we're seeing on the field. That's you know that's that's important stuff, you know. That's why that's why a muscleman takes the team over into Europe like he did, 
you know, and, and wants to take them to the Maui tournament and all that kind of stuff because he wants times for them to bond and to, and to build, you know, cohesiveness. You know, football coaches do, you know, similar type things sometimes. You know, they'll take the team bowling or or things like that, you know. And so that's something – and that's going to be something with the transfer portal and things yeah. like they are that's going to be even more important for football, you know, for – I mean, not football, but for sports teams, for basketball, for college teams to be able to do is to build that cohesion. And the teams that are going to win are the ones that can build that cohesion the quickest. Um, you know, you know yeah. that that's that's big that you that you bring that up. You know, you hear you heard Bumper Pool and Grant Morgan talk about hanging out in the in the locker room playing pool, yeah, stuff like that. They and even was it was it Adcock that brought up that they had the ping pong table? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. I mean, just just stuff like that for the kids to do, just games, you know, that mm-hmm. that, that turn out competitive. Now I remember we, and it's better when the bonding experience comes from inside. Oh yeah. Yeah. That you've got that dude that says, Hey, let's do this. And then, you know, kind of trickles down. Yeah. Um, you know, football, we had that with Grant Morgan. Now, one thing, Grant Morgan's, I think, w- would you call him a legendary Razorback at this point? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I think, well, yeah. I just, well I'm going to be go now, from he, walk on to that. Yeah. To Burlesworth, All American. Yeah. I'd call him a legendary. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't quite less retired than number 31, but yeah. He he'd be in the conversation. Yeah, I, I think five and thirty-one would probably be the two that you really need to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a guy named Bambi talk about retiring his number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could make a case for for a few. Yeah, um, but I think Morgan's with him. What do you think about him starting his GA career at Illinois? Good for him, man. I mean, that's you know. I mean, that, that's there was an opening and he took it, you know. No, I, 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 I'm going to be a guy like that. You think can will make a good coach one day? Oh yeah, you you really do that. That that'd be one of them guys you would love to see as the head hog one day. You can see him needing a <clears throat> coach. Oh, was that Venables has that get back coach? That guy, that- yeah. Just pulls him back all the time because he gets too. Every team's got to get back, coach. Yeah, yeah. But no, he. uh, I'm glad for him, man. I, you know, Belama. You know, there was things about Belama that I didn't. You know, I just think his philosophy didn't. I think he was a little too rigid on his philosophy a little bit on recruiting and things like that. But you know what Belama did for Frank Ragnow. When his dad died, I'm going to respect that man unless he does something just terrible. He's got my respect because what, what he, the way he handled that and the way Ragnow and his mom wanted him part of that shows the respect, you know, like, like Ragnow's mom wanted, like she wanted Bielema to be there when she told him. Yeah. Like she, she wanted, like she wanted, and most other head coaches, they, they would want the position coach there. Right. You know what I mean? And not that he wasn't close to his position coaches, you know, but, but she wanted, she wanted Bielema there. And so that told me that 
the way he cared about those kids, you know, and he, and he's uh you see him on social media and stuff. He stays connected with those, yeah. with those guys. And so anyway, well, yeah, so, and, and so know, I think know. Grant's going to learn a ton from him. Uh, I think he's going to, I think he, that'll be a good place for him to learn and grow. And No, and I agree. It, and when you're, when you're Brett Beleman, you've been in the game as long as he has. Sam Pittman's the same way. Mm. A lot of these guys, they have so many connections. Yeah. And they have such a big, and Beleman's got a tree underneath him. He's had a lot of mm. guys go on to bigger and better things. Yeah. Um, You know, but like when I had lunch with Coach Mullins a couple months ago, me and him were talking, and he's like, Clint, I, I get I get tickets offered to games all the time. Yeah. He said, the last one I went to was the Arkansas-Georgia game. He goes, because if I'm there, I'm locked into, I'm locked into one game. If I'm yeah. home, I can watch five games. I can just yeah. look back and forth and watch football. Yeah. And so, you know, and Belima's the same way. He's got so many connections that he can probably yeah. – that he's coaching the NFL, he's coached in coached in college. I mean, and, and you believe it seemed like he's a great guy. Like I said, the way he handled it, he went and he got with the NCAA, got a waiver so they could use the Stevens private jet to drive to fly him home for his father's funeral. And he him and his wife went with him. Like, yeah. Like he didn't have to do that. He could have sent a GA with him. He could have he could have sent, you know, he could have sent an assistant coach with him. Like he literally got on the plane, rode all the way up with him, and then flew back that night. And you know, <clears throat> and we have had another coach at Arkansas that I know of for sure shoot a kid out because he was going to miss the spring game for his mother's funeral. Yeah, but enough about the offensive coordinator at Texas A and M. That's right. Yeah, I don't care, Colin. He's a he's a jerk. Yeah, he was a jerk then. He's a jerk now. And he's always going to be a jerk. That's right. Sometimes that's just who you are as a person. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Did anyway, I, did I say that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> now let's here. So the baseball team, man. Now, in Hoover, what do you want to see the Hogs do in Hoover? I don't care. It, it doesn't matter. I, I would like to see them maybe get to where it's single elimination and lose that game. Um, just, I, I want them to go and pitch nothing but these guys that aren't pitching a lot right now. Yeah. <laughs> and just maybe do a few innings with some of the main guys, you know, like start out the first game, let Smith go about three innings and then bring in somebody else, you know, bring in Adcock, somebody like that. Someone, someone that started some games, they can go long innings, do that, you know, and just see what happens, you know, but let them, let them have a chance at some, a lot of innings before heading to the regional. Well, because you never know when you're going to have to look down there and call them Cody Adcock, Austin Ledbetter, Zach Moore. Exactly. Any of them, any of them guys. You, mean, you may need one of you may need Faust, you may need any of those guys to come in and play a big role. So just let them take the tournament, man. Let them, you know, the, and Hoover, let them just go in and and start, you know, and play most of the time and, you know, rest anybody you can rest, you know, and then just go from there. Yeah, because, yeah I mean, I, I don't. If you, if you win, you win. If you lose, so well. 
it's like if you're Arkansas. Uh, well, I don't want to use Arkansas, but because um, they're basketball, the basketball team this year, they needed some wins in the SEC tournament, I think. Yeah. But, you know, when you're like, when you pretty much got a number one, two, three seed locked up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you matter. go when you win two out of three at Vanderbilt, you have a super regional locked up. Yeah. Really, to me, it don't make a difference if you're the one seed or the eight. All you're going to do is wear out your pitching. Yeah. All you're going to do is wear out your pitching. That's all you're going to do. But, yeah. There's some so. teams that need it, and then Arkansas just doesn't. Yeah. Um, and now, all, you know, a lot of times, in, like in the basketball tournament, you know, Back when you had the classic Arkansas Kentucky teams, mm. when you had the Corlises and the Oliver Millers taking on the, you know, some of the some of the more named guys, the Mashburns and stuff. Roderick like that. Rhodes. Yeah, but when you had those guys, and okay, you you you've got a number one seed locked up. Um, when you had those guys, you'd almost rather see your team lose. Yeah, that way you got it over with. Like, all right, yeah, you got to take. You got to taste that in your mouth. I think it's even more so in baseball. Yeah. I think it's even more so. Now, Plant, we're uh, changing the subject. You kind of changed a little bit there to let's talk about basketball. I apologize. You know, that we're in basketball, we're on the Ron Holland watch. You know, he's the number one player in the nation. Uh, he's committed. He committed to Texas. He backed out of that commitment. He hasn't made his decision yet. Uh, a lot of people think he's going to go NBA. However, he uh, there is some rumors flying around that Texas hasn't released him from his commitment yet. And of course, Arkansas fans are upset. You know, it's a uh, that they're you know that he's they're not letting him out of it because it's. He's going to come to Arkansas. You think Texas is what? Well, what do you think if if it's true that Texas isn't letting him out of his commitment? First of all, do you think it's because he I, wants I've to come to Arkansas? Coach says legally we can't keep him, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much truth it is to that. So I'm speaking from a position of ignorance. Um, well, Texas number one, they should let the kid go because. Kid's not in their conference. Yeah. Um, the head coach he had signed to play for wasn't isn't there anymore. Um, but mostly, you know, it's I heard I the, what I heard last, it's between Arkansas and like the G League night or something like that. Yeah. Like he's not gonna go to even even if takes like, no, you can't go on out. He's like, well, I'm just gonna go play. And then um, I was going to talk. Is it who's the who's the daddy ball? Levar ball. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, what he basically he advised them because dude, go play in Greece for a year. Yeah, get paid. You shouldn't be spending time in geometry class. You're going to the NBA. Yeah. To which I posted that on Facebook. I think I shared it on the page. And I remember Mike Floyd coming. You really think Bronny James is going to algebra? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <right. laughs> you know, like you, you know, think Bronny's taking classes? He's not. Something I heard them talk about on the radio too the other day was there's some team from like Atlanta or somewhere that is like paying players to come and play for them. Yeah. And 
they pay really well. Like, rumor is Nick Smith turned down like $3 million a year to come to Arkansas to play for them. Yeah. Only for us to crap all over him. Yeah. Because yeah. he was hurt all year. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you noticed in the, you know, the NBA combines going right now, draft combine, did you see what Walsh did the other day? Yeah, I, Walsh is just showing out. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I mean, you might as well just wave goodbye to that guy because he's done nothing but help himself. Yeah. Yeah, he – um, man, he put up some good numbers. <laughs> he, you know, shooting – of course, you know, that's without people guarding him and all that kind of stuff. But, but still, well, he – Odds are he'll probably work his way up. You know, he's athletic. He's, a, he's an athletic freak. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll probably work his way up into the late first round, which would be good for him because he'll go somewhere like well, one or two things. Either he'll go to a really bad team that has traded away some, you know, a good player for a late round, first round pick. Yeah. Like somebody may have LA's pick. If not, then you might, you'll probably wind up in a situation like going to the Lakers, going to the Kings. Mm-hmm. I think it's already got, you know, pretty good squad. Pretty good squad. Um, or worst case scenario, you find yourself on a bad team. We're going to be playing a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Moses Moody's in one of them situations where he plays for the for the Warriors, and he doesn't get a lot of playing time, but he's a lottery pick. So yeah, you never know. Hopefully, he'll wind up in a good squad. And his defense is good. If he can learn to defend without fouling. I mean, a lot of his a lot of his issues was he couldn't get on stay on the court because he fouled too. Much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think you know we'll see what happens, uh, but I think I think you're right. I think he there's a good chance he ends up NBA now. I think that's yeah. A, well, I think that's and, a I think that's a transfer portal spot to fill that uh, Musselman will have. Now, once he gets to the NBA, Clint, it's going to be tough. Because he's got to find a team that can keep a coach. Yeah. Dude, the last three coaches of the year. The last three. Cut. Unemployed. Drop. You know, three guys with NBA. You heard of such a thing? Yeah. So, it's one of them deals where, like, it's not enough to just get in the playoffs anymore. Give your team a chance. Yeah. You got what was it the was it the Bucks that fired their coach or was it the Raptors? I think it's the Raptors fired their coach. Well, I know Phoenix fired theirs. Yeah, lost in the semis without your point guard. You know, Chris Paul's hurt. Yeah, you're, you're having to meld this 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 team together. I mean, it's like Steve Kerr is the only one that survived Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got Steve Nash fired. I don't even say he got him fired, but yeah, he was on the team when Steve Nash got fired. And then Doc Rivers, he gets fired yesterday. Two guys that you know have took two teams that really were not that good when they got yeah. there. And they Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers is you know one of the best ever. You know, one of the he's a respected coach, won a championship at Boston, unemployed mm. now. Um, you know what he did at LA. Well, the thing about Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers wants to coach next year. 
he'll coach next year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He won't. He'll, he won't. He'll they, find they, another they, gig. They retread them guys all the time. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, it just did it. It is, it is crazy. Well, you know, Sam Pitt, well, you look at Sam Pittman had one off season. KJ was hurt a lot. Yeah. He went from nine and four, bell of the ball, to he's another Chad Morris. Yeah. Fans are stupid. Yeah, they re- they really are. Well, Clint, I got one more thing I want to talk to you about. Uh, here in a, a local school, they uh, the seniors decided to to do a little prank, I guess. Mm. Okay. Apparently, they uh, found a window open or something like that at the school, so they went in and they. Um, I don't know exactly what all they did, but I know. Have they caught the kids, by the way? I think so, yeah. Okay. Most schools have cameras nowadays, so ah, you can't yeah. get away with anything. Uh, and plus, it's a small town, word, you know, word of mouth. Um, I don't know exactly what they did. I haven't got all the details on it yet. I just know it had to do with uh, fire extinguishers that they you know, sprayed a bunch of those around and stuff. And um, that in some parts of the school, it was flooded, that they did something to where it flooded the school. Um, to the, They cherry bombed the toilets or something? I don't know, something. I don't know what they did to the toilets, but like. Not that like I, I ever said, did that. Like I said, I don't, I don't have all the exact, I don't want to say anything that's wrong. I'm just telling right. you the things I know for sure that there was, uh, there, but there was, was a little a smidge bit of vandalism in the school it was it it was property damage yeah and then there's you know of course then the word i was hearing and then, oh this is all conjecture conjecture because it just happened like they they pretty much when they got to school yesterday they had to cancel school so like they sent all the high school kids home okay and um and so they uh you know, there's talk about that there's going to be charges filed. There's talk about, um, there's talk about, uh, them not getting to walk at graduation. Um, I don't know if they're talking about them not letting them graduate or not. I don't know if that's in yeah. there. A lot of, I've heard of other schools not let them walk, you know, cause that's a, that's a pretty big punishment you know, your family coming in and everything to watch you walk, you know, and you're not, you don't get to because you did something stupid. That can, that's pretty bad. I don't know what they're going to do to them, but it got me thinking. Okay. And I don't, I don't think we had any senior pranks really at, uh, at Greenbrier. The only thing I remember was didn't Stephen Velick and some of them, uh, put a bunch of crickets, release a bunch of crickets over by the uh agri mr breeding's classroom that, that sound that sounds familiar that, that they uh seemed like they took like a whole tube of crickets and released them and like crickets started coming underneath the door to the classroom <laughs> while he was teaching <laughs> and i think you mr be- breeding started picking them up for fishing bait though <laughs> yeah it's a fine line between <laughs> yeah and- you idiot. <laughs> well, and that's a- what I was talking to somebody and um, that's what they were saying was kind of something they had heard was 
the person, uh, the person, you know, the kids who did it, that there was like just one or two of them that did the, like they were going to, they were going to do stuff with like Saran wrap and like Saran wrap the toilets and, you know, just little cheesy stuff like that. Yeah. See, that's funny. Like come in Saran wrap the toilets. They, they, that they were going to do stuff like that, but then a couple of them or one of them or a couple of them, all it takes is one to start yeah. doing crazy junk. You like know, if you hang an inappropriate poster, like on a couple doors, saran wrap a couple toilets, that's funny. Yeah. You know, like little pranks like that's funny. When you get in with your damaging property spray painting. Yeah. You know, you know, making it bad enough to where you got to cancel a day of school because yeah, of no, it. No, that that's uh, yeah, that 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 there's a line that that's over it. A guy uh, from my church is the head of maintenance at the school. I bet he was not happy. No, I bet I bet he's not. Yeah, happy. but you know, I don't, I don't know where I'd come. Like, obviously, not. I think not letting him walk is an appropriate punishment. I yeah. really do. Um. But I, you don't know, know criminal, I don't think criminal charges is appropriate, but coming and having to pay for the damages, you know. Yeah. Well, now, let me ask you a question. If you were me and you'd went in and you'd done, let's say I'd followed you because you were a bad influence. I'm joking. You, you really weren't. But, but let's say I'd have done this. What would have been worse? The punishment the school gave me or having to deal with Tom Clark. <laughs> Tom Clark. Yeah. Tom Clark. Yeah. That'd be just like take me to jail. Just yeah. take me, keep me for a few days till he calms down. Yeah. Yeah. Now um I'd be I would be scared to death. Yeah. But you know, one of the things about it is is uh you do something to a school like that, if any of those kids are 18 already. That can be a federal offense, I think. Well, it, it, you know, then you're talking about like it's not no longer a juvenile issue. It's they can try you as an adult. I know, and I had I had some friends that were in there. They were like nineteen or twenty, and they were being stupid one night, and they were they went to a like it was a, off a school campus. It was a, a garage where the school parked some of their buses. They stole the fire extinguishers from the buses and went down to like a uh like a park and was having like a like a uh park beside the river and was having fights with the like with the fire extinguishers, like spraying all that powder stuff on on each other yeah. and stuff like that, just goofing off, acting stupid. They got a felony for it. Like like I, I think some of them can't even work like at the um the defense plants in East Camden because they have that on their record. Could you imagine being in the joint and being like, you're in prison? <laughs> prison. Yeah. <laughs> like like you're selling me, what are you yeah. in for? Murder? He goes, What are you in for? I, I let off a fire thing. Well, they didn't it, they didn't get they didn't have to do time for but it. But you know what I'm saying yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. come on. They didn't have to do time for it. They, they, I think they had to pay a fine and they had to, uh, they had to, but they had that mark on their, on their record, you know? Yeah. So that was, the punishment needs to fit the crime. But yeah. That's yeah. a, God. yeah. I just, 
I, I remember, you know, a lot, and we were that group that a lot of times people would toilet paper stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it get blamed on us whether we did it or not. Yeah. I remember yeah. Jason Osborne's dad accusing us of me and Robert toilet paper. Like, he goes, man, I got police coming over there going to fingerprint stuff. We're like, okay. Yeah. Because it wasn't us. It was the 11th graders that did it. Yeah, I don't know who did it. I don't care. I mean, I didn't care. I did plenty. Like, Mr. Gibson, toilet paper in his house. Yeah. I tried. We tried. Were you with us when we tried to toilet paper Coach Smith and his neighbor ran us down the road? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I was with you. He lived out in him and like Coach Weedor and a couple other coaches lived in a house out at Guy. Yeah. We end up like, I think of me. I remember, I think me, Marcus Diaz, Stephen, and Billy Vellum. Yeah. Their neighbor come just flying up the road and we jumping in there. <laughs> I've ever, like Coach Joe, I mean, Mr. Jones, Mr. Gibson, he goes, man, they call a paper in my house. And Mr. Jones, like, that means they like you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they would they didn't like you they don't do it to teachers they don't that's like. right that's right like, they, they like you and they want to get you i remember i remember after that mr gibson moved to conway because when you did his house wasn't he living in greenbrier in like a trailer or something yeah in a trailer okay and we weren't think, the first ones to get it but i think he moved to conway yeah and i remember one time i saw him he was driving back to conway through wooster and I saw his truck go by, and so I followed him. And I was, I was doing good. I had a couple cars between us, you know. And I was like, I'm gonna find out where we were, because everybody was trying to figure out where Mr. Gibson lived, so they could get his new house. Yeah. And so, and I'm driving my old '78 Ford pickup. Yeah, you really. It's hard to hide that one. Well, the problem was, it was really hard because my brakes were going bad on me. And so we got there, you know, when you get, when you got to highway 64 there underneath the freeway, like you're going, you know, uh, the old way to get, you know, going into Conway from Wooster. Um, we were, I was pulling in there. I went to stop and my brake squealed real bad. And he looked in his rear view mirror and there like me and, I, th I think like Stephen Velik was with me and, and somebody else, but like there was three of us sitting in my truck and uh, he saw us and he just took off, man. <laughs> he lost us. He went driving through the streets of Conway, just juking us and we lost. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, drive a janky truck. Anyway, this we, got a dog, we got the dog joining us. This is Cookie. Hey, Cookie. Cookie dog. He was named by my son. No good. Oh, yeah. Well, Clint, we've come to the end of another one. One twelve. Cookie Dog loved it. One twelve. One twelve. One twelve. We got some big things lined up. Um, yeah. Big guests coming up. Um, we're excited about. We ain't going to spoil it here. That's but right. Big. That's right. So, folks, like and share. Share, like, subscribe. All that good stuff. Let your people know. Thank you, as always. Thank you so much for listening and watching and whatever else you're doing to our jibber jabber. Uh, we appreciate it so much. And uh, listen, y'all have a great day. Be great out there. Bye, everybody. We out. Sweat. One. Filthy. Dirt. Harvest.
Your kingdom come 